This evening, and I want to thank the, our church for having these lessons recorded. I have a daughter in Finley, Ohio, who logged on, found out how to do that, and she started watching them. And that's been a long time since she's heard her daddy teach Revelation. Chapter 17 tonight. Chapter 17. This is a great chapter. It's a somewhat difficult chapter if you're not alert and listen closely as you read and see the scriptures. But let's, let me just mention this. Chapter 17 and chapter 18 are kind of like they go together. Chapter 17 gives us the, the end or the destruction of the uh, harlot church, the false prophet. And then chapter 18 deals more with the political part of the Babylonian uh, empire. And uh, that'll help you keep that in mind. Another thing that uh, you'll see from the lesson, and I'll tell you up front, Chapter 17, uh, the, the coverage begins at the beginning of the tribulation period. I have a mic, but I don't know. Maybe it's not on. Now, now it's on. Now it's on. Okay, thank, thank you. What did you call me? <laughs> I don't like that, you know that. <laughs> She's, she did that by habit, believe me, she knows better. And uh, she, she would preach to me if I tried to use that title. Uh, all right, chapter 17. Now I have to think of what I was saying. Uh, oh, I was saying that chapter 17, uh, it, with the church, the false church, the harlot church, the false prophet, however you want to refer to her, it's just going to be covering the first half of the tribulation. A lot of times we get those things mixed up, but the, the false uh, church only lasts until the middle of the tribulation. The Antichrist begins at the very first of the tribulation, but he doesn't come to full power until the middle of the tribulation, at the time that the false prophet is destroyed. Okay? That's just a way of introduction. Now let's go verse by verse as we always do, and I think this is the best way uh, to teach. Chapter 17 and verse number 1. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials. Now that's going to throw some of you because we studied about the seven vials already. And you're going to think, well, this is out of order. No. I'll tell you again, what is chronological in the book of Revelation is the first part, chapter 1, chapter 2 and 3, or in a somewhat of a chronological order within that period, and then beginning the church is raptured in chapter 4, and you begin the things which are hereafter. And these things are in order by the trumpets, the seals, the, tr the trumpets, and the vile judgments. I said trumpets, I meant judgments. By the judgments. And all these judgments are simultaneous. All this happens in seven years, folks. Most of the judgments do not happen until the last half of the tribulation, which is the last three and a half years. Okay, so let's uh, remember this. All, everything in Revelation, with the exception of chapter 1, is future for John. And uh, that's another little thing you need to keep in mind. Now let's start again. And there came one of the seven angels which had the seven vials 
that talked with me, saying unto me, Come hither, and I will show, thee, uh, show unto thee the judgments of the great whore that sitteth upon many waters. Uh, now, uh, when it says whore, it's not speaking of a sexual sense. It's talking about a religious sense. She's the mother of harlots. She's the false church. Uh, and um, we'll get to another word here in a minute. And then the word waters. It says here that she setteth upon many waters. That's not literal waters. She's not out treading water. We're going to see later that waters refers to people, nations, uh, tongues, uh, different types of people are referred to here as waters. Okay, let's go to verse 2. With whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth have been made drunk with the wine of her fornication. The word fornication is not used here in a sexual sense. It's a religious sense. Remember what it says in Hebrews 4.4? 4, the adulterers and the adulteresses know you not that the friendship of the world is, is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And uh, there again it's referring to uh, false religion, false pra uh, beliefs. And that's what it's talking about here. Uh, she, she committed fornication. She committed uh, false religion. And she was full of it. Verse 3 and 4. So he carried me away in the spirit unto the wilderness, and I saw a woman set upon a scarlet-colored beast. Now, wait a minute. That beast is not the woman. She's the first beast, the, or the second beast, the false prophet. But the first beast is the Antichrist, and this is referring to the Antichrist when it says beast here. So let's go over it again. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness, and I saw a woman, that's the false prophet, set upon the scarlet-colored beast, full of names, blasphemy, having, been, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, there again, this is where you have to pay a little bit of attention, because if not, you'll be given the the, the uh, horns and out to the uh, harlot church, and it doesn't say that. It's to the beast. Now watch again. It says that uh, she set upon this scarlet beast. She set upon it. That gives the idea that the beast was carrying her, and he was. He was supporting her. But in the, fir in the first half of the tribulation, she is the one that's doing the big support. You remember in the chapter 6, when you have the first seal, and the rider comes on the white horse, and we identified him as the Antichrist. When he comes to, on the scene in the first part of the tribulation, he doesn't have all this power. He is like a politician. He's bidding for leadership, and he's accepted as the leader. They accept him as their leader. He's promoted in that position by the, uh, the uh, false prophet. And she continues to do that up until the middle of the tribulation where they kill her. They do away with the false prophet. Okay, we'll see that tonight in our lesson. And so uh, the, it says here that uh, he, he was full of uh, names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, we've talked about these before, but I need to do it again because we've got some new people. And, and, the, and what you need to know is that these, uh, when it says here the seven heads, uh, these seven heads, we'll see later, uh, these are countries, these are governments, these are kingdoms. Seven kingdoms. And it says that he has ten horns. Now these are also kings. But there's a big difference. The seven heads or the seven kings, they are in succession. One, two, three. It begins with Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persian, 
uh, uh, the Grecian, Roman, and then, of course, the last one's the Antichrist, is the seventh one, okay? But that, those are the seven heads. The ten horns are the ten toes of the image of Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 2. You remember that's the revived Roman Empire, and that's what will bring the Antichrist into power. Uh, they're they're uh, combining together and, and promoting him uh, and, and favoring him as their leader. Those are the ten horns. Now, verse 4. And a woman, now you're back, see, when it says a woman, now you know you're talking about the false prophet. You're not talking about the Antichrist now. You're talking about the false prophet. Prophet. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet cover, uh, color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls and having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and, and, um, uh, and filthiness of, fornica of her fornication. Here it gives a description of the woman. And that's, uh, by the way... Uh, how man does. This woman is a, the false religion. Religion is man's efforts to get up to God. Okay? It's always based on works. No matter what kind it is. Whether it's Christianity, Hinduism, uh, any false religion you can think of in the world uh, is based on works. And she is their mother harlot. We're going to see that real quick too. But you notice that, that it says there that she has all these uh, precious stones and pearls. And uh, isn't it strange that today, uh, the false churches, the liberal, modernistic, the Roman Catholic Church is the prime example, I guess, for today, with all of the, the pomp and ceremony and the, the jewels and the, and the crowns and all that stuff. Uh, that's them trying to uh, 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 appease men, really. They're trying to show themselves above men. Uh, they're not pleasing God. He thinks they're a bunch of nuts. He knows there's nothing to them. Uh, that, that's, that they think is worthy is, is trash. Okay? Now, verse 5 is a, an important verse also. Notice this. And unto her, now, when it says her, it's talking about the false church. Okay? And, a, and a, uh, unto her, uh, or excuse me, upon her forehead was a name written. She has her name written. It's all in capitals. God doesn't want you to miss it. Her, her name is Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots the abomina uh, and abominations of the earth. The mother of harlots. Now, I'm going to just give you some information here, some of from the Bible, some of from secular history, to get you up to date here and to show you why this is not talking about the Roman Catholic Church. That's a very popular belief, but this is about the Catholic Church, and everybody knows she's on the seven hills, uh, and well, they're not mountains, there's little, little knobs, really. Uh, and uh, it is not the Roman Catholic Church, and let me show you why. Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. Uh, Rome never had that kind of power. Rome was never that great. Rome is in this. She's one of those seven. We, you know, she's one of those seven heads that we we talked about already. But she's not the only one. She's like one of my college professors, Dr. Noel Smith, used to say. She's just one of the girls in the house of prostitution. She isn't the the the, the one who's charge of it. Now, why do I say that? Babylon. You read back in Genesis chapter 10 and 11, you'll first see Babylon come on the scene. Babylon was started by a man called Nimrod. Nimrod, some people call him Nimrod the Great Hunter. It wasn't that he hunted animals, he hunted men. 
as what he hunted. He wasn't a, an animal hunter. But Nimrod <laughs> didn't have very good ancestor. His, uh, let's see, his um, granddad was Ham. His great-granddaddy was Mo, uh, uh, Noah, and then Ham, and then his father, and then him. And uh, he's not in a very good bloodline, you might say. And uh, he is a real terror. You read about Nimrod, how did, you know, God, when they, when they come off the ark, they were to multiply. They were to scatter and replenish the earth and multiply. Well, Nimrod's idea was, let's all get together. Let's all have one society. So he built a tower, the tower of, really it was Baal, beginning with, uh, which later became Bethel, the Tower of Bethel. And um, uh, it was a tower that was uh, used in heathen worship, and that's where all this worship started. That's why she's the mother of Harlot. This is where they all started. Nimrod had a wife, um, I forget, Semiramis was what she was known by later. Uh, but uh, anyhow, he had a wife. She was a real bird. She, she, was, um, she was the head of the religion. This is the mystery Babylon. That's what that mystery Babylon stands for. Mystery is religion. The, the, the religion of man, and here the case of the religion of the woman, she was the head of it. Nimrod ran the, more or less the uh, political or the uh, government part. She runs the, the false church, the, the false religion. And she started all kinds of false religions. She had all kinds of crazy beliefs. She had one belief, of course, the devil always tries to copycat the scriptures. Okay, that's why he's called the Antichrist. Okay, he's a, a phony. He's a copycat. And so even back then, uh, she, would, she had a, um, a son. She claimed this son was by miraculous conception. It was a, a no man, some god out of the swamp or something, I forget. I, I should have reread all that, but I don't want to labor on what's wrong. There's too much stuff wrong. I want to try to teach you what's right. But you need to know this little bit of history. Okay. Her son's name was Tamaz. Tamaz, you find in the Bible. You find Ezekiel uh, a warning against the women weeping for Tamaz. The, the Jewish people were bad about devil worship, heathen worship. But now you've got to remember, this started before Israel ever was. This started back under the, the leader uh, back in that day. Let's see if I have it here in front of me somewhere. Over here in my notes. Okay. It's uh, Genesis 10 and 11 where you get the biblical background. But the, the beginning, uh, their first king was back around 2000, just roughly 2000 B.C. And this king... Uh, made Babylon a great country, but it, it was not the great country that it became about uh, uh, 1,500 years later. About 600 B.C. Uh, was Nebuchadnezzar. That's what you call New Babylon. Old Babylon goes back to about 2,000 B.C. This stuff of his wife and, and the city, uh, the Tower of Babylon, all that, that goes back 2,000 B.C. Okay, so that goes way back. Well, Israel, you know, didn't come into existence until Abraham, and, and they didn't have the law and all that until Moses, and so that's years later. Uh, then. But these, these heathen practices began way back then. 
the Roman Catholic Church accepts some of these. Now, I'm going to tell you a few of their practices and see. You'll probably wonder before, where did they ever get that? That's not in the Bible. Like the priesthood. Some say, well, they take that from the Old Testament. No, they take that from Old Babylon. They had a priesthood. In Old Babylon, they had, and they would uh, teach uh, doctrines and, and uh, heresies, their false teachings. And um, uh, they had also uh, another practice that they had was a, um, they had a, uh, a society of women which were used as prostitutes in their religion. Now, you know the Catholics have a group of women they call nuns. You don't find that in the Bible. That's in Babylonian history. That's where they got that. They, these priests they had would sprinkle holy water. Well, the they Catholics do that too. But they don't get that out of the Bible. You see what I'm saying? Uh, so, so that's where this religion is coming from. That, that's why when she's called uh, Mystery Babylon, religious, religions, Babylon, the great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth, of the whole earth. All false religions go back to them. When he built that Tower of Babel, he wanted to keep the people together. God says scatter. So what did God do? He confused their tongues, and so that is Babel. That's, that's what that means, just babbling. You know, they don't have a language. He just scattered them to where they couldn't understand each other. And they scattered and did then what God told them to do, was to scatter and replenish. But that's how this all began back at that time. And, and it's uh, clearly stated here who this woman is. This woman is that uh, mother of harlots. Verse 6, And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints and with the blood of the martyrs and of Jesus. And when I saw her, I wondered with great admiration. That's, that's strange. And he gets called about that. Now listen to what the angel says. And the angel said unto me, Wherefore dost thou marvel? I'll tell, you, I'll tell thee the mystery of the woman and of the beast. That's the Antichrist. I'm going to tell you the mystery. I'm going to tell you the secrets about both of them. That, that uh, uh, carrieth, that beast that carrieth the woman which hath the seven heads and ten horns. I'm going to tell you uh, how you can know them and what it is that they are known for. He talks about the beast first in verse 8. The beast that thou sawest was as uh, was and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit. He, he, he was, he's not, he's going to be again. You remember back when we talked about the Antichrist in chapter 13, we talked about how did they, they had, uh, he had a, um, uh, an event that happened in his life where they thought he was dead and the, and the false prophet miraculously brought life back to him. And we know that he didn't. They just thought he was dead. And God alone can give life. No, no and the false prophet cannot do that. That's what this is referring to. The people believe that. The people believe that. Now notice what he says. Uh, who, uh, uh, and it mentions that about three times and ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition and they that dwell on the earth shall wonder whose names, notice, names were not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world when they beheld the beast that was and is not and yet is. There it is again. They're going to mention it one more time. That was a big thing. This false resurrection, this false Christ of the Antichrist. And this doesn't happen until toward the middle or right at the middle of the tribulation period. But it's in here for information that you might know about this beast. Remember, that's what he's explaining. 
about this beast. In verse 9, and, and here is the mind which hath wisdom. Now, uh, wisdom is, is, is knowledge understood. In other words, uh, there's some knowledge now to understand that. If you understand it, you'll have this wisdom of which the woman sitteth. Uh, notice, and here is the mind which hath wisdom, the seven heads and the seven mountains on which the woman setteth. She setteth on that beast. You remember? He has those seven heads. Okay, now verse 10. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is yet to come. Now let's, let's look at it. I said that these seven things, uh, these seven heads, these are kings, these are kingdoms. Five have fallen. Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persian, and Greece. Okay? Five have fallen, and one is what, what uh, power was in, uh, in, in, uh, at present when John lived? Rome. He lived under the Roman power. He, lived, he was in, in prison on the Isle of Patmos by the government of Rome. Okay? So that's the one who is, and the other is not yet come. That's the Antichrist. There's seven in all. The Antichrist is the last one. Now notice, and when he cometh, he must continue a short space. <laughs> That's right. He really only has supreme power for three and a half years, the last half of the tribulation. He's on the scene for seven years. So you could give him credit if you want. Uh, I don't. I don't think he had credit until the last three and a half. But, but in any case... He, he continued a short space, is what it's talking about. Verse 11, And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. Now there is a real tongue twister. <laughs> we know there's only seven, yet here it said eight. There it goes back again to that he was, he is, he's going to be. That Death, that false death, that made him eighth. Notice, he is the eighth. He is the eighth and is of the seven. There's only seven, but the Antichrist is counted as the seventh and the eighth, and the eighth is a false one. That's why you, that's the only place you hear about it. But that's what it's talking about there, that false uh, miracle that she supposedly had committed. And goeth into perdition. Okay, verse 12. And the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet. In John's day, they didn't, these kingdoms didn't exist. The revised Roman Empire doesn't take place until after the church is ruptured and the Antichrist is, is set on the throne with their help, the ten toes. Remember, that's after, after the church age, and, and that's why it wasn't in John's age. But receiveth power as a king one hour with the beast. That's when he has the power, is with the beast. These ten governments, ten kingdoms, have power with the beast. Okay? They, they're simultaneous. The first half of that tribulation, these ten are in, on the scene, I believe, working in the government. The, the chief power... The chief leader of the, of the world is that false church at that time. And let me tell you what that false church is. It's not just Christianity. It's more than Christianity. It's every religion of the world. That makes her the mother of all harlots. She's the mother. Roman Catholicism is just one of the girls. She's not the whole house. The whole house is, wrong, is, is Babylon. And, and uh, 
I'm laboring this because there's so much teaching about this being the Roman Catholic Church and that she's, she's the one in power and, and all that. And they, uh, I'll tell you where that, that doctrine began was after the Reformation. The Reformation uh, Christians uh, wanted something to get at Rome, and so they said, ah, she's the beast. <laughs> she's the old mother of harlot. Well, it's when you keep it within Christianity, you might be able to say some of that, but she didn't exist in Christianity until 400 A.D., the Roman Catholic Church didn't start with Christ. Peter was not their first pope. No scripture ever gives you evidence to say that Peter ever even went to Rome. And besides that, he was an apostle to the Jews. It's Paul who's the apostle to the Gentiles. Paul did go to Rome. In fact, he lost his head there. He... he, he, he um, that's another story. I won't get into that. But anyhow, uh, he went to Rome. And if you wanted to make uh, one of the apostles the uh, head of the so-called church, which is not, you know the only place you find the universal or one world church is here. After the church is taken to heaven and the tribulation is here on earth, there's no one world church today. You know what is in the, in the world today? A local church. The church at Antioch. The church at Ephesus. The church at Rome. The, the churches were local, independent, and I believe Baptists. Now this is jokingly, don't hold me to that. But we always used to say, uh, Jesus started the church, right? Yeah. Well, who baptized Jesus? It wasn't John the Methodist. <laughs> huh? But listen, don't, don't, don't take that. That was a joke. That's not doctrine. Doctrine is John was an Old Testament saint. And so... Uh, his baptism is not the baptism you and I are baptized with. His was a baptism of repentance. And uh, Christ didn't receive that baptism. He had nothing to repent of. His was a baptism placing him into his earthly ministry. That started his ministry. You check it out. But that's a completely different subject. If I don't stay on this, I won't finish. Okay. Uh, Let's, let's recap a little bit with verse 12. I know I've, I've covered that. And uh, the ten horns which thou sawest are ten kings which have received, uh, received no kingdom as yet. That's in John's day. But received power as kings one hour with the beast. In, in other words, they'll definitely be in authority during the tribulation. Verse 13. These have one mind and shall give their power and strength unto the beast. They have authority, but they are one mind in support of the beast. That's what it's saying here. Okay, now watch on verse 14. These shall make war with the Lamb. All these nations will make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb shall overcome them, for He is Lord of lords and King of kings, and they that are with Him are called the chosen, the faithful. That's you and me. That's, that's, that's us. We're, we're in that group with Him. Uh, and this is talking now about chapter 19, when Christ comes back to the earth. But He's summing this up about this beast that they're going to make war with the Lamb. That's Christ. Now, this war, I mentioned before, how did Ezekiel 38, 39 tells you about uh, Russia and the, the uh, attack that Russia has 
and Russia is defeated by the Antichrist. Him and his fellow kings here, they, when, when Russia comes to Jerusalem to take over, they are defeated. That's at the middle of the tribulation. That's what allows Antichrist to have no challengers. You say, what about all these Chinese and what about these? That's in these here nations that come to war against Christ. They're coming to war truly against each other. But at the battle, when Christ comes, they're going to turn, unite and turn against him. That's like the Pharisees and the scribes and the Sadducees did. You remember, they fought against each other, but when Christ showed up, they all fought against him. Well, that's, that's the way it's always been. If you, you're for the Lord, you, you're going to have plenty of enemies. And they're going to be whipped. And anyhow, verse 15. And he saith unto me, uh, the waters. Now here's where we get, where I told you that the waters back in verse 1 were people. Here's, this is like one of the parables. Remember back in the parables in Matthew, how several of them, Christ gave the parable, and then later he gave the interpretation of it. Well, here's like the interpretation of that. Now what, notice what he says. And he, and he saith unto me, that's John, he's talking to John, he said, the waters which thou sawest, back here in chapter 1, that the, when this woman was standing on him, uh, where the, the whore sitteth, uh, that's not too nice a way of saying it, but that's what it is, uh, where the whore sitteth are peoples and multitudes and nations and tongues. That's what that word water stands for. It's not the only place. There's other places we could show you in Scripture that, that it has that meaning. The same as mountains. Uh, mountains often in Scripture is symbolic of nations, and that's what it is here. Uh, verse 17, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill His will. You know, they think they're doing something. They think they're fighting God. They're really doing something. They're just doing what God had planned for them to do. That the Bible wrote about this. It was going to happen, and it did happen, as God said. It, it had put in their hearts to fulfill His will and to agree and give their kingdoms unto the beast until the words of God shall be fulfilled. It's just what God said they would do. That's what they did. Then he becomes supreme ruler. That's when he demands himself to be worshipped. That's when they eliminate the harlot church. They don't need her anymore. She's just in the way. She's just a, a, a something, uh, you know, costing them money. <laughs> she don't, they don't need her. Uh, and for the last three and a half years, she's not there. The false religions are gone. There's only one religion, and that's the worship of the beast. That's the only religion. Brother, you skipped verse 16. Pardon? You skipped verse 16. Okay, thank you. Okay, verse 16. Uh, and the ten horns which, were, which um, thou sawest with the beast, these shall hate the whore. That's talking about this uh, uh, destruction of the harlot church. They will hate the whore and shall... Uh, make her desolate and naked and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. She's going to be destroyed. That's these ten kings getting with the... And the Antichrist is in this, this committee, as you want to call it. You know, I always kidded. I pastored an independent Baptist church. These independent Baptist churches have a bad reputation of being dictatorial. You know, uh, it, it, it looks that way in, in some sense because uh, where do you think God started? The nation of Israel has a theocracy. A theocracy is God rules. One. <laughs> no committees. No boards. I used to always kid folks. I said, I'll remind you, the only board you find in the Bible in the New Testament 
as that board they grabbed the hold of when the ship went down, they were sinking. <laughs> Churches, I believe, now you don't have to believe this, I believe this. Churches are led by a pastor, a man that's called of God and placed here to be the under-shepherd. Christ is the shepherd. We all agree that he's the head of the church, but he wanted us to have a leader. He wanted to have a representative, so he gives to us a pastor. You say, well, what if the pastor does something wrong? Well, don't you? We all do things wrong. And, and you say, well, what if he takes us the wrong way? Well, he's God's shepherd. If God placed him there, God can take him away. But let me warn you, there's only two ways, two things that you ever have a right to confront a pastor's position. And that's immorality, and the other is false doctrine. And that says a false doctrine that he teaches, or he gets mixed up in some immoral practice, you better follow the man of God. That's just biblical. Now, now you may not believe that, and I know a lot of you come from churches that had church boards and committees and, and so forth, but um, I just don't see that in the Bible. I just see that you're supposed to follow your leader, and um, that doesn't mean you don't have a say. That doesn't mean he doesn't... Con uh, con, uh, you know, converse with you and find out, talk to you and, and lead you. He doesn't drive you. He's, he didn't lead us, uh, give us a driver. And Christians are called sheep. Sheep have to have a leader. I mean, sheep are pretty dumb critters. <laughs> you take, you watch a flock of sheep out there go across the field and want to jump, every one of them will jump. There's nothing there, they're just jumping. We, as sheep, need a shepherd. That's just the way we are. And if we as always stay with God's way, we'll not make a mistake. I, I, I'm not supposed to be on that. I'm sorry. And uh, you can take that or leave it. That's not part of the lesson. I won't be on the test. <laughs> That's what I used to tell the students, okay? Where am I at? I, I did 16, now 17 again. For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will. That's talking about these kings and the Antichrist. Remember, the Antichrist is just a person. You know, uh, that's not Lucifer, the devil, or an angel. That's a person. The false prophet was a person. And, and that just shows you how wicked pre people can be. The heart is despitefully wicked, the Bible says. Okay, let's say, For God hath put in their hearts to fulfill his will and agree uh, and give their kingdom unto the beast uh, until the words of God shall be fulfilled. Verse number 18. And the woman which thou sawest is that great city which giveth uh, or, or, or reigneth over the kings of the earth. And there again, you'll find a lot of commentaries that say that's, that's Rome. That's not Rome. That, that city's not Rome. That city's not Jerusalem. That's talking about the Antichrist. That's talking about this uh, uh, kingdom back in the Old Testament. That is Babylon. That's what it's talking about here of the city of Babylon, the great city Babylon, which reigneth over the kings of the earth. All, that was a dictatorship, a, a, a control. And I was about to say a minute ago when I got sidetracked, when, when, when God had a theocracy. They didn't want that. They wanted to be like other nations. Israel says, we don't want to be like that. We want to be like these other nations. We want a king. God said, if you get a king, you're going to be sorry. I want to be your king. I'm the king of kings, Lord of lords. Why do you want to fire me and get another one? It's basically in country language, that's what he says. But they said, oh, and they insisted. So what they do, they, they said, go ahead and pick you one. So who they pick? 
They picked the best-looking guy, the biggest guy. Saul was head and shoulders above all others. He was the best specimen of a Jew you could have found. And they gave, made him to be king. Sometimes God lets you go along with your foolishness and make you pay the price for it. God wanted a theocracy. The first world power that we study here in Daniel was Babylon. You know what Babylon was? A pure dictatorship. Nebuchadnezzar said cut his head off, and cut his head off. You say, well, what about the Persians? Well, the Medo-Persians weren't that way. The Medo-Persians had committees. <laughs> they couldn't do anything that was against the law of the Medes and the Persians. This committee made the rules and the laws, and the king had to obey them just like anybody else. But not with Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar didn't have anybody telling him what to do. He's pictured as gold on that image. And all the kingdoms afterwards, the, the quality of the metal decreases till it gets down to the toes that we see here, which is mud and clay. A sight fall from gold. Now, things in the Bible sometimes are strangely different. Here, this woman which thou sawest is that great city. She is that mother harlot of religion. It all goes back to Babylon. Roman Catholicism is just a part of it. Show you another present day factual proof of that. Back in the 50s, they, they elected Pope John the head of the Catholic Church. They thought he was an old geezer. You know, he ain't going to do much. You just fiddle around. He'll be okay. That's what these um, election committee, the, the, the cardinals there, in there voting on who's going to be the Pope. You know, the, the black smoke is still coming out of the chimney. They, they chose John. They chose a guy who called, used the name John. That's another story in itself. But anyhow, they didn't think he'd do much. But you know what? He's looked at as one of the greatest popes that they ever had in the Catholic Church. That guy did all kinds of things. Not things that I would like. Not things I don't think. I don't think God had anything to do with that whole mess. But, but you know what he did? He started this, uh, he was in favor of a one world church and a one world government. Pope John was. He promoted that. He, had, he formed committees. They started with the Jews. First they started with the Catholics because they were split. You had the Eastern Catholic, the Greek Orthodox, and Roman Catholics. So they begin to, after a thousand years, they begin to talk with them. And they begin to have a dialogue. And then they got the, the Jewish people. The, that's not God's people. That's just Jewish people. That's like those Jews today. They don't believe in God. A lot of them are atheists. But, but they, they got the Jewish religious people. That's why I say I don't doubt a bit that first three and a half years we know that Antichrist uh, is, is the uh, false uh, um, prophet is going to be ruling because you have a, you have a, a, a bit of peace. And, and, uh, okay, I've got five minutes. That clock's setting crooked. I thought my time was going. Uh, but but the, um, what I was saying there, that... Uh, I know it's about quitting time because my, my mind's already quit. <laughs> but what I was saying, oh, uh, oh yeah, he, he started these committees. First, he wants this one world church. And he may be setting into place because I believe they'll definitely go through the tribulation, that group. And, and uh, they, they'll, they'll start the first day of the tribulation and just notice a few people missing and don't think anything about it. 
But uh, anyhow, that's people that are not truly saved. They, they can call themselves Christians. God knows better. And, and these people will have these committees. He's organized groups and committees to unify different ch churches. The Protestants, the world, the National Council of Churches, they're in there talking with them. The World Council of Churches, they're in there talking with them. They're all talking today. They're, they're wanting to form this thing. They, forget about your doctrine. You hear them say that? Forget about your doctrine. Just go with what you feel. Well, you better not do that. But, but that's what they want you to do today. And it continues to grow and grow until it, in the tribulation time, when the church is taken out, when all the Christians are taken out, that thing's going to explode like you wouldn't believe. We know they still have their different religions because the Jews are able to rebuild their temple and begin their sacrifices again. The first half, not the second half. Not the second half, the first half. I hope you'll get your mind tickled a little bit begin to think about doing some studying. Let me tell you, if you go back to Jeremiah, and I know my time's going on, it's still, no it's not, I've got four minutes. That clock is sitting crooked. That bugs me. Let me set that thing straight. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 44. You read maybe five, six times in that chapter about condemning those who are offering uh, a sacrifice to the Queen of Heaven. You've heard the Catholics today call Mary the Queen of Heaven. That's not too uncommon. You won't find that in the Bible. You find it condemned in the Bible. The Queen of Heaven is a, is a part of a harlot, this harlot church. Weeping for Tamez. That's harlotry. And that's mentioned in the Bible. You'll see it in there where, where the, the, the Jewish women, and I don't want to talk about women, but I'll get in trouble because I live with one. <laughs> and I lived with her this month, will make 66 years. And, and hey, don't clap because the war's still going on. We don't know who won. <laughs> the battle's still being fought. Neither one of us has really given up. <laughs>